0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is
1: Believe. All right, welcome to episode four of Joke Artists. We are your hosts, Ryan Dever. That's me. And Jason Katz. That's me. Oh, that's you. (laughs) Oh, great, 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 great. We finally established that after four episodes. And uh, feeling good about that, and right. I'm also feeling. We're going to talk like this the whole time. Yeah, we're going to talk just like this. And so, if uh, you're not
0: into this, I suggest you turn. Oh God, that would be terrible if we spoke like that. Yeah. But we are going to speak like this. We're all that. We're all that rich guy from Gilligan's Island,
1: <laughs> who's who's sort of borderline like English.
0: Oh. Call me Thurgood. Yes, you know it, it's kind of like that, yeah. Uh, yes, a little Ferris Bueller-esque, like that. Uh, you know, the impression you do.
1: Oh, what, what, why what, am I blanking? You know. What's the guy's name? Is uh, I don't know. Wow, well, that's I've so never... stupid. What would was you it? roll
0: her old bones on over here? Ed, you say something? You say
1: you want to see a body? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A family member dies and you insult me. What the hell is the matter with you anyway?
0: I think he took that maybe from um, the guy, you know, from Gilligan's Island. It's, it's very similar. I don't know. I'm just thinking that right now.
1: Maybe. I forget. It was the girlfriend's, it was supposed to be the girlfriend's dad, but I forget the family name. Right. Um, I don't know. Anyway. Well, well yeah. But let's let's <laughs> talk about our guest today. Jeez, I almost forgot. Ooh, I didn't, but uh, we were kind of getting lost in, in our eyes in our eyes in your eyes now our, our guest today is comedian Monroe Martin who's super de duper funny you've seen him on comedy central he's been on jimmy fallon he's been on true tv's comedy knockout and uh, most notably he is a knockout he is, he knocked us both out with his interview yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> no literally he recorded the interview and then he threw it at us and we were <laughs> both we both passed out we yeah. just woke up and we recorded the interview days ago
1: This is it, it was weeks. Oh, darn, darn, jeez. I don't, I don't have
0: a concept of time, but uh, Mm. it was a very good interview, is what I can remember.
1: It was good. We talked about how he was the last comedian to perform at the comedy cellar in New York City before everything was shut down. It was literally the last show that he performed, and then it was lights out, everything over. Um, so we kind of go over right
0: before COVID.
1: Yeah, it was actually during it, it was was during it,
0: New York City got hit the hardest.
1: Yeah, when we still kind of were like, eh, I think we'll be all right, and uh, well, then you know, we weren't, and we weren't, and we still aren't. Yeah, great. If you didn't know, we're still not good.
0: Yeah, that was the <laughs> that was the uh, last report from uh, the mayor. He just he came on TV and he was like, <laughs> "We're not good." Yeah. Be- uh, let me tell you a little bit about my my family real quick. You see, I have a daughter, right? And you know she's a woman, and you know she's you know my daughter, and uh, you know she's not good.
1: And I feel okay now. Thank you so much, Governor, for for talking about your daughter. Or, or were you the mayor? I'm sorry. All
0: right. Well, uh well, yeah. Well, have a listen to Monroe Martin and this interview we did, because
1: it is deep. Holy God! If you stayed on during all that for this interview, God bless you. God bless you. And here we go. All right. Welcome to episode four of Joke Artists. Our guest today is comedian Monroe Martin. Monroe, thanks for coming on the show.
2: Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it all. Yeah, absolutely. So
1: you were the last comic to perform at the comedy cellar in the city before lockdown, quarantine, all the craziness. Oh, yep.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's
1: uh, that's quite an accolade. That's uh, you, you. Well, I'm
2: gonna
3: take it then. Fuck it, (laughs) I'll take it.
1: Was it? Was it? (laughs) Did they? Were you the last one there? Because of quarantine, or they closed down after you acted like we can't beat that? That's it. Let's just shut it down. It's over.
2: I think it was. I think it's the latter. I think they were like, you know what, man? This is a good way to go out. This is a good way to start a quarantine, yo. And they're Uh, like, look, no more.
0: I picture an Indiana Jones thing, literally a ball, giant boulder rolling behind you as they're closing yep. down for quarantine. Or you're telling I'm your last God. joke and they're pulling down one of those barricades. And you're like, wait, 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 wait I just got to get one more out.
2: I was like, one more, one more. I was running the light and everything. Yeah. I'm like, before I kept saying, before I get out of here, you know how comics, like, when they trying to find their last joke, they're like, all right, before I get out of here, I said that like four times.
1: Yeah. But yeah. They replaced the light with the boulder now. What was, what was that that show like? Because you can see in the video that you know the microphone has like a little cover on it. Were they replacing that every comedian? Did you have to kind of put that on yourself, or, or was it? Uh...
2: So no, you got your own microphone. Every every comic got their own microphone, and then they sprayed down like the mic stand uh, oh. here and there. But you basically went up that day. You went up there with your own mic. They already sprayed it, put a new um, little muffle thing on it, and then you would put the cord in, and then you would do your act, and then you would take the mic with you. And there was yeah. like fifteen people there. There was like there was like fifteen people there, and you know the under village underground holds like maybe like three hundred yeah. max, I think. Yeah, so fifteen people. Out of that entire space, I had fun though. But you can like feel it. I was like, damn,
0: I know what the floors look like. Right. But did and did you take the mic when when you left? Anybody take
2: it? <laughs> no, no. I, I think thought maybe there was fifteen. Start... They
0: wouldn't, you know, they wouldn't be able to keep up with the count of all fifteen. Minutes. <laughs> They're like, no,
2: no, there wasn't fifteen mics. There was fifteen audience members there Oh, like, yeah. Oh, probably oh, misunderstood. Like six comics on the show. Yeah. No, my bad. I I miscommunicated. Yeah.
1: It must have felt like people in the audience were like, maybe we shouldn't be here if we're if we're watching them it spray down. Like,
2: <laughs> you definitely got that mix. There was a mix of people. Not even a. Uh, I wouldn't say a mix. There were, there were a couple people who were like. Uh, I don't know if we should be out, but the majority of the audience was like, nah, fucker, we out, we having fun, we're here to laugh. So they laughed extra hard. Even shit that wasn't really that funny, they were like, ah! you're like, come on, now. <laughs> we ain't, it ain't the end of the world. You don't gotta ham it up like that.
0: <laughs> Little did they know. <laughs> what, what, was, what was your feeling, though, being up there? Were, were you nervous because of the pandemic? Or, or you know, was, was your feelings matching the audience?
2: I I feel like I was fine with it because I think a lot of people, a lot of the comments on the show, their feeling was, oh, man, ain't nobody here. This is a TV taping. But my experience, I'm like, I'm used to the audience being that size. So I'm like, oh, all right, well, business as usual. So I think I felt (laughs) fine with the size of the audience, but... I was definitely ready to get out of there, dude, because the village was different. Like, you hung yeah. in the village, and you yeah. know, it's like, it's like, everyone's out, it's thriving. Nah. No. Dude, there was like, maybe four people on the street, they all were homeless, and they were trying to fight everybody. <laughs> they were like, harassing people. They were like, walking up the cars, fucking like, looking at people in the window, like, what's up? Jumping in front of cars, so it was like, it was chaos that night. Wow. Yeah, we, we
0: were, yeah. Brian and I were fortunate enough to shoot uh, and direct a comedian special um, there right in the same mix of everything. And it definitely felt weird. And we were constantly all washing our hands and uh, keeping away from each other. But this was like right before everything. Uh, I think it was probably not as far as you. I think it yeah. was a little, a it was little pr- earlier.
1: Probably like a couple of weeks earlier, to be honest. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't, and
0: it, yeah, and it did feel very strange. So I can only imagine what it was like when you were performing there and with the TV crew. And oh,
2: everybody we, was. Yeah. So they scaled down the TV crew. Everybody was super sanitary. Like yeah. everybody had hand sanitizer on their hand sanitizer. So. They had, they had hand sanitizer dispensers on the wall, and then people had their own little personal ones that they pulled out of their pocket, and they would do it right <laughs> after they shook your hand and before they shook your hand. And yeah. Everybody was super sanitized, but people were still sharing blunt stuff.
3: Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it, was yeah. like, it
2: was the I'm most backward around. shit, where I'm like, wait, Priorities. you just passed the blunt to this dude, but get, get the fuck out of here.
1: <laughs> it's laced with Purell. Yeah. so yeah good.
2: I heard somebody go, no, nah, the fire kills it." I, I swear to God, I heard somebody go, no, nah, the fire kills the bacteria." Yeah. And
0: I was like, oh "Yeah, yeah, sure." Yeah, it so was Doctor Fauci. He was in the audience. <laughs> yeah. <things like> that.
2: <laughs>
1: the fire, but I've, it's so. That, I mean, it's 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 got to affect your act, right? I mean, like every comic has to kind of address it in a way. Because I see on on your website that you're you're doing. Are you still going to do two weeks in in uh, Edmonton? Um, oh, at, at the end of this no, month? No. No.
2: Nope. No, I wasn't going to Edmonton at all. No, that's wrong person. I'm sorry. Mm.
3: Really? Oh, yeah. It's... No, I
2: wasn't going to Edmonton at all. I don't know. I think mm. it should be. Wait, maybe I'm wrong. Shit. <laughs> no, but <laughs> maybe to I'm wrong. I gotta check my thing. Yeah. No. Uh, I was supposed. I was supposed to do all those dates, but they got clo- They got like shut down or whatever, or they got like my dates got canceled and pushed to 2021. Gotcha, so I'm gotcha. fine with it. I guess I didn't update my website, but absolutely not. Okay. i probably like I'm not opposed to doing stand up during this time, but I just feel like the worst type of people are going to come to your shows. Like the people who've been hanging at bars and parking, mm. partying and not social distancing, they're gonna be the brave ones that come to the show. And that's the right. wrong type of audience. So I'd rather just chill out for a little bit. Yeah. Do an outside show and like rock out like
1: that. It's a bummer because I bought all the tickets for the Edmonton shows. Damn, man. <laughs> no
2: as well. refunds. Fans, yeah,
1: we're calling from Edmonton <laughs> right now. Yeah. Are you sure you're not coming?
2: No refunds,
1: though. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, have you performed since then? Have you been doing out, outdoor shows?
2: Yeah, I've done a, a couple. I've, uh, we do, me, my boy Derek, we'll do, we host the first half or the very front half of Chase show, whenever he does that. Um, McCullough did a show, McCullough and P.D.D., you know PDD Diablo, right?
3: Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah,
2: he did a show. I did that one. There's another comic named Mo Singleton who does a show in the story of Park. So oh, cool. I've been getting around. Yeah. Oh, nice. I haven't been doing it. I've been doing it like you normally do spots, though, because I'm actually going to use. I feel like this time. Is for like getting better at writing and doing packets and all that stuff, trying to land a a salary job.
1: Is that, is that, does that make it difficult though? You're, you know, you're writing and and you're coming up with jokes, not sure when kind of the next show is going to be. Do you, do you find that maybe you think of a great joke and then a week goes by and you're like, shit, it's, it's kind of, it was sort of uh, too topical. That's what them
2: outside shows are good for. Those outside shows are good for you to just, talk they're so forgiving. they will let you walk up there with your joke book your phone just the thoughts in your head and like some people are just rocking out for like 15 minutes outside wow. and uh, i feel like it's a good way to try everything you wanted to do
1: yeah and super relaxed it seems
2: oh absolutely
0: i i haven't been uh fortunate enough to be to uh any of the outside live shows yet but are you using a microphone, or are you just talking to the crowd without one?
2: No, there's a microphone. Everybody has uh, mics. Every I don't know. Everybody went to Radio Shack or fucking Amazon, <laughs> and everybody has the best sound system ever. Like, everybody, oh. I swear to God, everybody right, cool. has, like, a nice little amp. Wireless microphones. I'm like, everybody got wireless mics. What the fuck is going on? Like for real, everybody has wireless microphones now.
1: I picture uh-huh. I, I picture people rolling up to the shows with like kind of how like a, a pool shark would. They have their case yep. for their cue and they un, <laughs> they screw it together. It's gold plated. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. And they go, All right. Let me tell you some comedy <laughs> while I play pool. Yeah,
2: ball. like I'm ready. But the I waiters and waitresses
0: shit. still walk through constantly. Mm-hmm.
2: Yep. You
3: know, what?
0: Are you, we're not even serving drinks out here.
1: So have you have you found that your your joke writing um, technique has changed during this time?
2: Oh, uh, I, I don't even think I had a technique. Uh, I think like I'll write down an idea. I don't ever write a joke out too much because I feel like for me, I feel like I have to say it on stage first. I have to, I have to be able to say the thought on stage regardless if it's funny or not and then work it out from there and then once i'll get a laugh or i feel like people understand me i'll work backwards but i feel gotcha. like the problem that i used to run into when i first started off is you write something and now you're trying to say it like you wrote it and i'm and i want to be gotcha. as fluid as i am speaking and i want to like i want to make people laugh like i make my friends laugh if you don't I don't like memorize the shit the way I wrote it whenever I'm trying to make my friends laugh. So I'm just trying to keep the conversation going.
1: That's cool. I so, mean, that's, that's what I yeah. like so much about your comedy is that it, it does feel like you're kind of just riffing. Cause you do deal with a lot of yeah. stories and you kind of, you let the audience into your life talking about yeah. growing up, uh, talking about dating, talking about now, now being married. And it does feel like you're just hanging out with a friend and you have like a, you have a very warm, I know it sounds strange. You have a very warm presence, on stage. That's
2: because I'm a big black guy. <laughs> I'm magical. Don't uh, you, know that?
1: you take the time, you pick up the audience members and you cradle them and then you kiss everybody Love. individually on the forehead.
0: Yes. Yeah. No. Yeah. Well before corona you did. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now, now it's, it's just, more than air kiss. <laughs> kiss blow kisses. You we still yeah. get where you're going with it.
2: Yeah. Yes. I blow 'em kisses. Like, <laughs>
1: <laughs> but how how do you how do you get there? So you you're saying you have to just go out there and tell the jokes and then kind of edit after the show is done and then go back out and yeah. always keeping it conversational.
2: I, yep. But I learned that from a couple of the comics, the first comic that ever really like uh, taught me that was a comic named B flat. Uh, I don't know if she, I think she is from Philly, but I don't think she lives in Philly now, but she's, uh, she's pretty big deal in Philadelphia. And just like, I did, like, she's a national headliner, and I used to, like, always try to do spots on her shows at Helium and stuff like that, and I finally did a spot, and I did good, and, like, after I got off stage, she was like, you're funny, but you need to talk to these people like you talk to anybody else. Like, she was um. like, have a conversation with them. Like, stop trying to show them how good of a writer you are. Be like, like, say some shit that's funny and, like, bring them along. And then Keith Robinson... Would also teach me that too. Like uh, Keith was like probably one of the first comics to watch my set here, and this was at a show at it was at a club called CB's Comedy Club. I don't know if you remember that club. It was like down the street. The so CB's Comedy Club was uh, on the same block as uh, the Cellar in Greenwich Village, but like the ne- actually not the same block. It was on the same street, but the next block over, mm-hmm. and. Yeah, and it was ran by a dude named Wayne Rader, and I got a guest spot there because of Keith Robinson, because he wanted to see me perform, and I performed. And then he was like, he was like, "Yeah, it was funny, but what the fuck were you talking about?" I'm like, "What? What?" <laughs> <laughs> he was like, he was like, "You're not saying nothing. You're not saying shit." He's like, "Where's your story? Where's the where's the the, the material about who you are and what you think and this that, and the third? And then, like, after that, he, like, kind of, like, swept me up under his wing and would, like, tell me, like, hey, yeah, you can write, you can be a good writer, but people also want somebody they can relate to and they can just, right. like, sit back and listen to. And it was like, it's like a fucking barbecue. You know, that guy mm-hmm. who's at a barbecue who can hold court, he was like, do that. And I was like, all right, I'll try that. And I guess it works. I don't know. I'm always
0: in my head, though. <laughs> yeah, so it's like instead of imagining the audience naked, as people always say, you just imagine, you know, you're at a backyard barbecue.
1: Yeah, I
2: imagine my audience with a plate of ribs. That's my <laughs> comfort. <I'm> like...
1: <laughs> you yell, wipe your mouth in between jokes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> You're constantly and you wear a bib. Um, all right, this is very dumb of us. But,
0: but yeah, no, I, I've heard that about Keith uh, plenty of times. That he's been sort of a mentor to a lot of people, a lot of different comedians. Uh, so that's that's cool and that's interesting to to know that he's also been sort of a mentor to you as well.
2: Yeah, yeah. No, Keith is uh, Keith's a great guy, man.
1: Yeah, it's it's it is cool to to for comedians to remember that that it is important to kind of have some story of who you are, kind of be like, why earn, that's how you kind of earn the audience, their trust, or the audience's Absolutely. trust. And, you know, you t- you talk about growing up in foster care and an audience might be like, oh no, where's this going to go? And it's kind of like, hear me out. This is what I'm about. And then, oh, we're going to talk about, um, you know, my wife is, is Catholic. Oh, where's it going to go? Hear yeah. me out here. But once you touch on these things that people might be like, oh no, where's this going to go? They've yeah. you've already earned their trust. So they're like, you know what, this is this is great. I, I get where he's coming from. And I know there's no malice because I think a lot of audience members get worried. They're like, oh, God, I didn't come here to hear this. But, you know, it's about having fun and, and it's OK to talk about our differences. And I think
3: you do I that
2: believe. well. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that.
1: You're welcome.
0: Take a bow.
2: Huh. <laughs> yeah. I am. He, He's I'm bowing. now. Oh, cool.
0: <laughs> uh, your wife looks by. Why are you bowing? Um, I'm on the phone, I'm
2: I'm like, bitch. (laughs)
1: How does your wife react to? I love your jokes about your wife. how How does how does she react to this? When you're like, I got a new story. I gotta tell this story. Is she like, no? Don't you gotta edit it?
2: (laughs) I she doesn't give a fuck, and I I put all the yeah. She doesn't care. Like she loves it. And I put that, and sometimes I get in my own head, like, oh, maybe I shouldn't talk about this. And she's like, babe, I "I met you doing this shit. I heard the jokes (laughs) you were telling before, like, before we started dating or whatever. So she was like, do you? Like, why the fuck are you in your head? And so it's kind of like, don't tell too much, but I have the freedom to talk about whatever I want. And she loves it, and she brings it, like, she'll bring her friends to shows, and they'll, like, last They'll get more like, oh, my God, or how do you feel about who's saying that? she like, I don't give a fuck. It pays the bill. <laughs> yeah, so my exactly. wife is like super cool like that.
0: <laughs> that's yeah. great. I mean, that yeah. couldn't be better situation and more supportive and uh, and everything. And it's funny because uh, comedians usually really thrive on the unsupportive. And I'll show them sort of thing. So yeah. you have the support system. Wait, like, hey, don't support me too much. Um, but but oh, yeah, it, but, yeah, but, yeah. but, but <laughs> you know her support is working for you. Obviously, I mean you you um, you know a very successful comedian and and uh, you're doing it in the environment of receiving support.
2: Yeah, she likes it. She was, like repost stuff. She's like, oh, that was funny. Sometimes she'll call me on it. Like, why, why'd you say it like that? When this is how it happened. But sometimes she'll be like, why didn't you tell the truth? And I'm like, well, you know, she's sure. like, no, the fucking truth is money. And I'm like, all
1: right. Have, is there anybody that's off limits? Is she, have you ever been like, all right, how about we tell, how about I tell this one? And she's like, no, 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 not that one. You can talk shit about me. I, but not I, don't, that.
2: I don't think I've ever uh, even tried it yet. Like I don't, I will I'll talk about her. I'll talk about us trying to have a baby. Uh, I even have jokes about like her dad, but nothing like it involves her dad. It's not jokes about her dad, right? Like uh, because my wife is Colombian, and I say like she's first generation Colombian, and her parents moved here to give her a better life. And then she met me, and I'm still using my ex girlfriend's Netflix password. (laughs) (laughs) So she's like, "I I don't go too far."
3: Very well, I mean, supportive. It still, could, it still could be a better life.
0: You know, I mean, it is
2: a better life. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Do, you, do you notice, like speaking of different stuff like that you, you can or, or can or feel like you don't want to talk about, do you notice, you know, currently, and I know it's, I guess, it might be a little tough to answer because, we're you know, you're not going to clubs and stuff like that, but you still are yeah. performing, you know, outside. Do you notice anything with the Black Lives Matter movement that's happening? I mean, I mean, I know it's, always been happening but but it's sort of um you know happening even more now do you notice that is there anything that you don't want to say when you're in front of an audience now or has nothing no, changed? no i
2: don't Nah, i don't give a shit because i feel like people who take jokes too seriously don't understand the difference between like satire and hate speech and it's like no comment. I would like to say no comic is going up there doing hate speech. But, you know, you got some that are who don't really have the jokes or whatever. But I feel like if you're coming to a comedy show, you need to be open about other people's opinions. Mm. And you see how other people process what's going on in the world. Mm. And and if it's not said in a way you want to hear it, then maybe you should like, like, you know, just adjust your shit a little bit. That's how I always feel. Like, I'm like, I'm not gonna, I don't like pandering. I got material about protesting, but it's more about, like, how I don't protest because I'm flat-footed and, (laughs) like, I'm not built for that shit and then I don't (laughs) believe everybody who is protesting. So I have jokes about all that stuff and, like, I can tell that some people are like, ah, you fucked up or whatever. And I'm like, I don't care. Like, I'm, like, making light of shitty situations, which is what we're supposed to do
3: yeah and
2: if they get angry it's more on them than me right especially if i'm saying it especially if people aren't laughing i can see if it's like the majority of people aren't laughing then it's like all right let me rework this let me figure out a way just to make it more digestible but if everyone is laughing and then two people get mad i don't care i'm like i don't care
0: yeah, well, I mean, a lot of times people they they still even want to laugh, but sometimes now nowadays, I think it's tough for the audience to decide. And Ryan, I don't know if you're on this on board with me that it's tough to decide uh, of what may be acceptable to laugh at and what may hmm. not, because you know people are on this sort of uh, border where they go, should I laugh? Can I laugh? I do think it's funny, but am I supposed to think it's funny? You know, certain jokes.
2: Oh no, i was just saying like. Suppressing something that makes you naturally laugh says something about you, right? Mm. Like if you, if it said, if something was said or done and the, for your first thing is like, ah, fuck, that's funny. And then your next thing is like, wait, how am I being judged if I laugh at this? Well, they think this about me? That's a reflection on you, not the person saying it.
3: Mm hmm. Yeah, Yeah,
1: very true. That makes sense. I think that's what's what's great about comedy is, um, as you said before, it allows people in great numbers to process things that that take time and we're able to kind of get together and have that safe space where you can say something. And hopefully, you know, like you were saying, you've worked the joke out. Dude. So it's not like every 90% of people aren't laughing. Um, but I think it seems like because we're not able to have these comedy shows, it's almost like we don't yeah. have that release because normally we'd be able right. to talk about the news right then and there that night, you could go to yeah. 10 shows if you want or, or, and even more. And right then and there you're in a community you're seeing a response among other people and you can kind of go, all right, the world isn't ending yet because I'm with all these people that live with me and around me and we're all laughing and we're all processing this together. And, and we're laughing. We're, we're, we're surviving through it and and we're not as um, divided as we might think. And I think without comedy shows right now, I, there isn't that release.
2: Absolutely. There's like the online stuff and, I don't like it, but I'm I'm not going to shit on it because there are people who thrive in it and, like, you know, do really well. But, yeah, like, comedy is uh, necessary. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Like, everything you're saying, like, people need... You know how many people learn from comedy? Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? They learn how to cope. They learn new information. They learn so much from comedy. And right now, what's online is, like, I like like I try to stay off of social media now. Like I've been playing video games. I I read the news. I've just been watching TV and all that shit. But yeah. my wife, she stays on social media, and like I get my people are angry because her feed is nothing but police brutality, much, oh, yeah. cupcakes, kittens, dudes with beards. It's just like <laughs> so much shit.
3: Huh?
0: <laughs> the, the biggest mix of
2: it's strange like a whole things. Mix. I'm like,
3: Oh, She's got to delete her history.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's just wild that the two seconds you're watching poli- poli- uh, police brutality, you're saying, and the next minute you're like, oh, yeah. look at this kitten.
1: It's typing on a keyboard. <laughs> that's well, that's funny. what's so funny about the Internet is, you yes, know, you, you look bizarre. up a video and then you get seven ads for it. So you're always inundated with, with all this nonsense, yeah. and and it's such yeah. a... It makes your heart go crazy because, like you said, you could see a horrific video and then you could see a kitten. And you're like, I don't know what just happened, but I think I'm yeah. having a heart attack. Yeah,
2: <laughs> and like people see that every fucking day.
3: Yeah, and then yeah.
2: they just you know what I mean. You're dealing with your own mental, uh, you're dealing with your own mental health, and then sure. you got this feed just constantly being pumped in your head and stuff like that. So. Yeah, it's a. I'm, I'm glad to see that there are people that come to these shows. That you know, like they come to laugh. But I feel like there should be more of them. I feel like there should be more outside shows.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just sure.
2: because we don't have a club doesn't mean we can't perform. Like, isn't that how the alt team got started? Comics who couldn't perform at clubs started to perform at bars and other yeah. other like non traditional venues. I'm like, we gotta fucking. We got to do that shit. We right. Gotta,
0: the, the old vaudeville we, days, yeah. you, know, um, yeah. you know, all outside underground or, or away. I mean, I guess, uh, uh, I think personally that if, you know, if everyone's keeping a social distance and all their, you know, their, their masks, et cetera, and taking the proper precautions, I think Manhattan alone could have way more comedy shows than we're sort of having now. I know, I know, um, you know, the ones you mentioned, and I, and I know, like, Stand Up New York, uh, I believe, does yeah. one in the park as well. But, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, because just like Ryan was saying, I mean, comedy, again, like, brings us all together. Besides, you know, the one or two people in the audience who start heckling and you're like, why did you come to the show? But besides right. those people, um, yeah. it's just definitely something 100%, you know, that we need right now. I mean, we've always needed it, but now, you know, more than ever. Yeah so i guess now now you're becoming you know more of the superhero of all right let me let me you know write down or or uh sort of figure out my jokes and bits and stories for when you go out to help uh the rest of the population sort of get through this
2: absolutely i don't look at it like that but you made it seem so much more poetic (laughs) (laughs) Well, I
3: was, oh, I was, yeah, I was, you're
2: super No,
0: yeah. no, no of course, superhero. no, no, I mean, really, oh well, shit. it is, I mean, you know, you, you make people feel good unless you're berating the audience, no, I'm kidding, no, but, you know, <laughs> you make people feel good, um, and it's, uh, you're, you know, it's cool enough because you get paid for it, too, which is really cool, but, um, you know, you make everybody feel good, especially at this time, again, where people want to laugh even more. Um,
2: yeah.
0: So, you know. Another bow, if you if you wouldn't mind.
2: <laughs> oh, I'm bowing. All I'm right. What I have
1: to say. <laughs> um, but back before the world ended, um, when there was you know TV shows that weren't shot on Zoom and everything like that, yes. I wanted mm-hmm. to talk to you about your experience on Comedy Knockout yeah. on True TV. Yeah. Is what what is that like? Because whenever I watch it, I get stressed out because you know the. They give you the situation, you have to kind of think of a funny joke right away. Is that is there an enormous amount of pressure, even though it's all in good fun?
2: It's actually, it's really fucking fun. Um, I think I did it twice. Uh, they haven't asked for me back, but <laughs> I guess it, you know the show is canceled. But it was a fun show. Um, so what happens is they they give you the time. like you know how TV goes, like yeah. It's, they, they give you the shit beforehand, like, when you get there. No. Oh, there's like a, Yeah, and there's, like, a joke writer. Oh, yeah, and there's, like, a writer that works with you and stuff like that. Some people are like, nah, fuck that. I don't want no writer. But I'm like, look, if you work on the show and you know how the show works, here's the shit I wrote. Tell me if it's funny. Tell me how to fix it. And, like, that's how it worked. And then, like, the... Like you, you do your like head-to-head round, and then you got to read off the teleprompter, and that's when that's when they put your fucking your your education to the test. Man. Like, let's see how well you paid attention. I'm like, damn, they made me read off the teleprompter twice. I'm like, Jesus Christ, I don't read this bad. Oh, my like, calm that shit down.
1: I, I love. There's a clip of you reading the teleprompter, and you're laughing as you're reading it. Was that like your? Was that your first time reading the copy?
2: No, so the the teleprompter thing is uh, on the spot. You can't read that, right? Well, because that's a, yeah, that's like, uh, like really? at the end if you lose. Yeah, so it's a
1: surprise. You're oh gosh.
2: yeah, you're really reading on the spot <laughs> to the audience in front of an audience to a camera, and uh, and the pressure's on. It's like being in school again, where you're like, God damn, man. <laughs> There's God. nothing
0: worse than that. It's incredible, yeah. and then your eyesight as well. Like you know, I mean, not you, but anybody. If if they can't see yeah. it correctly, you're gonna hope that you remember yeah. what is written.
2: Oh yeah, good thing I had glasses, and I made them make that shit like <laughs> yeah. forty five I'm like blow it up,
1: <laughs> and then they they put pictures of you behind you. Did they? Did you know they were gonna take from your social media and and throw those Absolutely up?
2: Absolutely not. No. Nope. Oh, my I God. Like, The only thing you know is the. Is when you show up the, the the topics beforehand, but everything else is uh, improv and like made up on the spot.
1: That's odd. Cause I was gonna say, your reaction yeah. is, is, seems totally genuine. Like you just did not expect them to troll you
3: like
2: that. Yeah, and I like those photos. Yeah, I was like, what? I thought I was fly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, this is before I got in a relationship. This is, those are my first trap photos. So I was like, what?
1: You got to stand by, by that. I said,
2: no, no. Yeah, I do. I was like, I was killing it with my all-black one or my J's. What?
1: (laughs) Um, So you said you work with a writer. How long are you there with them before you start filming? Because, you know, to be able to be, like, tossing ideas around, that's got to be a little while, no?
2: The show moved. No, the show actually moved pretty quick. I would say, let's say they filmed, I think they filmed around, like, seven. So that means you got there around four. Hmm. And that's also to do hair and makeup. And wow. then also work with the writer and uh, just do sound check and all that stuff. And then once the uh, once uh, you're dressed and everything, it kind of moves fast like that.
0: And and when you're there, are you in a writer's room with the writer? Or are you getting your hair and makeup done at the same time while, while uh, the writer's yeah, right well, with you? Get you,
2: your, you get your hair and then makeup done. And then you got a own little green room to give you a little gift bag and stuff. And gotcha. then they sit you in there with uh, one writer, and then they, y'all just go over jokes. But I knew the people, I knew the writers like Khalil Hawkins, wall uh I forgot the last writer, I think it was like Charles McBee or somebody oh, like cool. that. And so it's people you know, so it's helpful because you can be like, yo, what do you think about this? And they are like, mm, nah, try it like <laughs> this or whatever. <laughs>
1: So. <laughs> that's nothing to get your yeah. nothing like that to get your confidence up before uh, you know TV.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, people you trust, like it's a, that's trust true. At least I trust Superliver. Too funny. two very funny people. So if they tell me something isn't funny, I'm like, all right. Well, I'll show you. I'll, <laughs> right. I'll find another way to make it funny. I'm gonna stay on the topic. I'm just not gonna do the joke per se.
0: When when you get to the green room, like, and you get on set is that like an experience that you love is that the part that you love about it or do you love the actual part when you're you know you're telling your jokes or or is it the whole experience are you like actually present when all that stuff is happening or you have to take it in afterwards
2: I I, I always tell myself I'm like man I don't like the spotlight but I do like when you're out there <laughs> yeah. it's like you just turn it on so, and it's kind of fun to be out there and people watching you and you feel professional. You got on um, fresh clothes and you got on um, like makeup and shit. And so right. it's really, it's really fun for me. You know, like I like doing, I like filming. I like doing shows, especially if a show has an audience. Yeah. Then I'm like, oh, it's time to go in. Cause like, even when you, even when a joke don't land, I feel like you're selling your personality. Right. So the sure. the goal is to make them like you, even when you suck.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, it, I think, it kind of goes I mean? into. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I think, I think that since you like it so much, I mean, even if it did suck, whatever, um, you, you're still experiencing it. And, and if you like that experience, I mean, it must just be, you know, really cool. And I think that goes into Ryan's question about Fallon, uh, Ryan, mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so how would that experience compare to to doing the Tonight Show? Because you you really turn up the jets. You got to wear a suit. And j- well, I mean,
2: the the Tonight Show was different. Like the Tonight Show, I wanted to do for like a long time. Comedy Ko just came about, so it was like a different feeling. Uh, gotcha, and Tonight it's all your friends. Show, yeah, I didn't get nervous until after myself. When I get nervous, when I get like nervous or whatever, it's always after the fact. I always get in my head. I always get, like, depressed. Like I don't know what it is. Like I just go into this, like, hole. Hmm. And it doesn't Hmm. happen beforehand. It happens afterwards. So with the Fallon thing was I had my friends there. I had Vlad there. I had my old manager there. uh, I had my uh, like, all my friends were like there and chilling and hanging out and rooting me on. And I was flying like I got a fucking dope ass Michael Kors suit that I got for three hundred bucks. I got this suit. I got two suits. I was on the road. This was like maybe like a couple months before I even thought about doing a late night. I was I was in Texas and I went to the mall and it was like a Macy's type store. And I was just walking around and something in my head was like I seen these two suits and I was like I don't own those no suits. Let me get some suits. So I bought two suits. I bought a blue Michael Kors suit and I bought like a a tan Michael Kors suit and I just had them and uh, I just had them just to have them like, fuck it, I got these two suits, I'm going to look fly one day. And then uh, the audition came where you had to like submit a tape or whatever. So Mm -hmm. I did that and my manager was like, yo. You got it. And I was like, Word. And he was like, You got a suit? I was like, Yup. I went two. to go get these suits. I got two. I went to go get these suits, like, cut up, like, basically rebuilt. Like, they cut the, like, they took the sleeves off, put them back on, like, all that shit. And <laughs> I felt good. Yo, they tailored the fuck out of it.
3: Yeah.
2: Like, I'm used to, I'm used to, like, a tailor where they, like, you know, erase the cuff a little bit or lower it yeah, or like, paint somebody. Yeah. No, his dude like he was like, How do you want this suit to fit? And I was like, Oh, well, you're not gonna do like the basic. He was like, No, how do you want it to fit? And I was wow. like, Well, I want it to fit like here and move here and like I wanted it to look like I'm like in a magazine. He was like, I got you and he fucking fit me up. Two weeks later got the suit. I was on that thing looking good. <laughs> That's I was on that great. Thing looking good. And it was great. It's like they sent a car to your house. Yeah. Like, yeah, I had a I had a car sent to my house. You get there, you get a free pair of Ugg slippers and t shirts. Oh wow. A bunch of yeah, a bunch of food. Fallon comes in, he says, Thank you for being on the show. Don't worry about anything. You're gonna kill it. He just makes sure that you're not nervous. My agent was there and they were like happy and excited. I met uh Mae Whitman beforehand. You know who Mae Whitman is?
1: Uh, I, I don't. uh I actually I'm not sure.
2: She's in uh, Good Girls on, NBC, on ABC or NBC oh, or whatever. Oh, yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Duff, Duff, the, the girl. The Duff, was, exactly. Like, yep. The Duff, yeah. I met her. I met Keegan Michael Key.
0: Oh, that's uh, awesome.
2: Kevin Spacey. Uh, Yeah. I but you, Kevin how Spacey. close did you come to Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm too old for Kevin. You yeah. know what I mean?
0: You tried to say hi to my
2: Oh, and I can oh. fight back. Is that, like, mm. Actually, he didn't, uh, he's the only person, like, it was, like, a passing by thing. It wasn't even, like, everybody, like, spoke to you. Like, Keegan spoke, Quest Love spoke, um, like, all the members in the Roots spoke and all that shit. Oh, like, this cool. guy was, like, hey, in and out. And, um, I treated my styling set like a club set because that's what, like, Keith, you when I first did Last Comic Standing, I called him and I was kind of nervous. He was, like, motherfucker, it's the same as you. Do you get nervous before you go up anywhere else? I'm like, no. It's, like, it's the same shit. Fucking get out of your head. Go perform and have fun. And like, I remember that every time I'm like like doing something on TV, it's just like, yeah. just the, don't play for the cameras. Play for the people in the audience. Right. And that's what I did. I was like, they told me where the camera was. And they were like, don't look into the camera. Look past it if you can. And it's was like, oh, I got that shit. And I just like got into like my zone, and like I don't know if you hear, but if you listen like real closely on the clip, you can hear Derek Gaines going, "Yeah, get him!" Boy! You can hear yeah, that shit. <laughs> what? what's, the,
0: what's that? What's that feeling though backstage? Because like there, so right before you go out, and and for the audience listening, the the one fan we have. Um. When, 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 but many fans you have. Hopefully they'll listen for you, not us. Um, uh. If it's, if it's for us, then no one's listening. But, but, uh, no. Self-deprecating. But so, so in it, behind the the blue curtain. There is that mirror that you get your last look before you go out. What were you feeling when you looked in that mirror, or did you look in that mirror before you went out?
2: I didn't even. I didn't look at my. I didn't look in the mirror. You did. I I went out there. Yeah, I went out there with as as little self doubt as I could. I just wanted to. I just wanted to uh, make. I just wanted everybody to understand what I was saying. And that was pretty much it. Like, I wanted to make sure I didn't, like, trip up on my words, which I ended up doing anyway. Like, right in the beginning of my set, I, like, I didn't flub the joke. I flubbed the word. And once I did it, in my mind, my mind was like, all right, well, that's the worst thing you thought of and it happened. Keep going. Right. And, like, that that made me comfortable. Because, you know, when you think of the worst, and then the worst happened, and you're like, Oh shit, I'm still here? Okay, yeah. fuck it. <laughs> and like the audience didn't even really notice right. that I, I fucked up. Yeah. And like, and I was like, all right, bet, keep going. And I had fun. Um, yeah, I, I went in, like, I, I just had a lot of support. And like, like I knew a writer there at the time named Luke, uh, Luke Cunningham. And he was like, Yo, you gonna fuck it everybody was like, You're gonna kill it, don't worry about it. Glad to see you here. Rock out, we're gonna be we gonna be watching, like mm-hmm. and everybody was just mad supportive. And then like at the end of the set, like Fallon brought me to sit on the couch and that shit was dope because he was like, <laughs> Hey, come over. He was like, Come sit over here and I sat down and he was like talking. He was like, Hey man, good job. And like I signed uh I signed Quest Loves, like, sticks. I was like, oh, I don't sweet. know why cool. you got me signing these fucking sticks, but sure. But, but immediately awesome. afterwards, I'm saying, like, immediately afterwards, we all went to dinner. Mm-hmm. We went to some spot called Jane, and right in my head, I went. And, like, dude, I went right in my fucking head. Really? Like, yo, like, it was, like, day and night. Like, I was Damn. like, oh, yeah and i went right in my head and everybody was like get the fuck out of your head and they started teasing me and shit
1: is that with any show that you kind of do that you you maybe after the show you pick up on the i flubbed that damn word i I, i've done Mm -hmm. the joke a thousand times why couldn't i do it perfectly then you just kind of start to bury yourself
2: i think so i think every show i do it especially like on the week like when i do like a weekend or something like that like I, I feel bad for my wife, but she always goes, you yeah, always come home bummed out. Every time you do these fucking weekends, It just bummed out. Me. And I'm like, I don't know. I get excited to go and do the show, but like right afterwards, I'm like, oh, man. That's Did interesting. You, I mean, th- I mean, that's yeah. a lot of
0: comics, though. You know, a lot of com- comics come off stage, and you can hear the crowd laughing so much, and
1: they'll still be like, ah, suck. And you're like, what? What are you talking yeah. about? That was hilarious. Yeah, like oh the yeah. one guy over there wasn't laughing. It's like what do you t-? well that was one guy the room full of hundred, you know, two hundred. They were all laughing. Yeah. You can't it's help like, but pick out pick up on that, I guess.
2: Is that if I'm being totally transparent, is that you always wish you were better than you were. You always wish mm. you were a little bit smarter than you are. You always wish you could get like you like a little bit more profound than you are. So it's always the things you always I kinda always dwell on the things that I'm not. Instead of like going, no, fuck it, you're not those things for a reason, but I'll go, damn, man, I wish I was more prolific, or damn, I wish I could tell better stories, or damn, I wish I could take uh, something current, flip that shit on his head, bring it into my life, and give an example. Like, you always, like, I always focus on the things that I don't do. And that's what brings me into that hole.
1: And, ha- and how do you bring yourself out of it? Do you take that and then go, well, let me write something more profound? Or do you go, you know what? I like what I do, actually. I'm overthinking it. I don't need to be that comic. I do what I do well, and and that's enough.
0: I was wondering the same thing, and I was wondering at night. I was wondering right after The Tonight Show, you know, I was and I, I wanted to follow up with Ryan's question and basically piggyback yeah. on it and say... Right after the Tonight Show, like, uh, uh, sorry, not right after, but later on that night when you watch it, is that when Ryan's question comes into play about writing and actually seeing it? And does your mood you would, change?
2: You would think, I, I felt like, I felt better watching it when it aired. I felt a lot better watching it when it aired, because uh, I recorded the same night it aired. And they don't usually do that. And then sometimes they, like, now they change it. They'll do it like you'll film on, like, a Thursday. And then I'll air it on a Friday. I filmed it that day, and it aired that night. So we went to dinner, and then we all watched it at the stand. And I felt a lot better afterwards. But, like, on a normal basis, I, would, I, I don't anymore. But I would, like, smoke weed or whatever to get out of my head. But I feel like now I don't because that's coping. Mm. So now, like it's what Ryan said, is like, yeah, I try to go. Well, what the fuck do you, I talk to myself? I'm like, well, what the fuck do you want to talk about? If that's not what you want to talk about, then what do you want to talk about? Write the shit you want to say off, and then try it. So I I tried to take that approach a little more.
1: Oh, right, mm. cool. Yeah, I guess
0: there's well, only so it's, much. It's in an idea. Answer,
2: yeah, the short answer
3: was weed <laughs> <laughs> well
1: I, I mean I, I used to do stand up for a little bit and that was kind of a, a similar thing I could relate to uh, was yeah. the next show you kind of you set these expectations and then as the show gets closer you maybe you wrote something outside of those expectations that you're like yeah I'm actually happy with this I don't really want to do that anymore I, I like this not that you don't grow but that you, yeah. you have a wheelhouse, and you're like, well, I, I, I do like writing within this wheelhouse, and then the show gets even closer, and you're like, yep, this is what I'm going to do. It's fine.
3: <laughs>
1: I don't yeah. need to overthink anything more.
2: I don't know what my wheelhouse is. Uh, I, I, I'm more comfortable talking about my life and then anything around it. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I don't try to tackle politics because I don't understand it, even though there's jokes within not understanding it. Sure. But, yeah, I just, man, I talk about my life, I talk about right. experiences, but like, if it's something I truly don't understand, I'm not going up there like, yeah, and this is what we need to do. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs>
1: well, I, I, that's what I love about comedians, though, is there yeah. is a little, there is, again, you earn the the, um, the crowd's trust, but also within that trust is the audience again to use trust again i'm going to use it five more times the oh, audience yeah. trusts that you as the comedian did the research you know so that whenever i see a comic and and you know you may not like pol- um, political commentary or whatever and, and that everybody has a different kind of um sense of what what comedy works for them but yeah. when someone says something this happened in the news and can you believe this I immediately trust them because I'm like, well, this is their job. They're not just going up there and and saying stuff. This is very much prepared and they did the work. So I yeah, that does make sense and and I and and I appreciate that you go up with what you know and what's real to you.
2: Yeah. I love political commentary and I'm like, I can't fuck with it because I can't do it. You know what I mean? Mm. And I feel like it's like, I never played basketball, right? I never was on a team or anything, but they always been, they always, so stop trying to play like your favorite player. Like, stop that shit. Gotcha. <laughs> like, you're not going to be them and you're going to always come up short. So, I can admire those comics, but I don't touch it unless I'm like, unless I have like a, a, a take that I believe in, then I'm like, eh, I'm going I'm to kind of stay off of this shit.
0: But who are some of the. First, people you know that kind of made you laugh, like you know, who's some of your comic idols if you have any? And I know it's such a standard question, but but I'm kind of wondering be, just because you're so much of a storyteller and you take from real life, I'm wondering who yeah. you idolized.
2: My favorite comics are like before I really got into it, yeah, it's, it's all you know, Chappelle, uh. You you got Chris Rock, you got I used to like Mencia a lot, but then Mm. you find out that you go oh okay, so I didn't like his material because it wasn't his material. I like somebody else's material. (laughs) You got Mencia, I like Dan Cook, and then when I and I used to watch BET a lot, like Mm. BET Comic View a lot, and you got like those comics. You got like the Damn Fools and two rays and like just a, a bunch of heavy hitters. But then once I started really doing it, I, I liked Hannibal a lot. Like Hannibal was one of my favorites. Um, you got who else? Uh, Maria Bamford, Keith mm-hmm. Robinson, Godfrey. Uh, yeah. I mean, this I is can, just definitely yeah, a big mix. Bill so. Burr, Patrice O'Neill. Yeah. Because right. I feel like, I feel like to like one specific thing is lazy. Hmm. Like you got all this shit in the world and you only fuck with some of it. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, come on, for real. Like, I I, I try to live my life like that because I'm like, you know, like I grew up in Philly, bounced around Philly. And like I didn't eat sushi until I got to New York. I didn't didn't taste sushi to 26-year-old. And I'm like, I never want that. I never want that again. I never want to miss out on shit or, or not do something or not like something because right. it's not cool and all that other shit. So I, I like uh, an array of things. I like a lot of shit. I like a lot of different types of comedy, um, stand up to sketch to like improv and all that stuff. And I try to just watch shit that isn't for me. Because if it's for me, then I know what to expect. Mm. But if it's if it was made and I wasn't the intended audience, I may learn something. I may like it. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And then since you have such an array, though, of comics and you named like, you know, Chris Rock, Dane Cook, Hannibal, Bill Burr, a lot of these comics and Maria Bamford, a lot of these comics have turned either into television stars or movie stars. Is that something that is that your end game or 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 is that the direction you really want to go to or
2: i would like that to be my end game absolutely man i i want to do as much as i can i i want to sell out theaters i want to direct i want to act I want to produce other people's things oh, and I'm right. going to do other shit outside the entertainment business. But yeah, I want to do, I want to do everything that I can, oh, you know cool. what I mean? Everything that I'm kind of allowed to do Yeah, and like all the, all the opportunities that open up to me, I want to do it.
0: That's cool. Yeah. I mean, cause you know, you know we, we nah. speak to a different array of people and you know, some people say, I, you know, I want to just, um, I want to just do this thing or I want to just do this one thing. Um, but yeah, I mean it's it's cool. You seem to be open to any opportunity that comes your way.
2: Yeah, hell yeah. I wanna I feel like at le- like I get the P I I definitely understand the people who are like, nah, fuck that. I only want to do stand up. I wanna be the biggest stand-up comic and all that other stuff. But I'm like, Oh, you know, to try other shit will be dope. Like I wanna direct, I wanna write, I wanna produce for other people. Yeah. Like I feel like I wanna make myself uh useful. I wanna I wanna help other people. i want to get to a point where I can help somebody else to do something with their shit, with their life.
1: That's awesome. And that it comes full circle with with what we started off talking about of when you're only watching one type of thing and the internet yeah. gives you that one type of thing. So you're only ingesting one type of thing when there's so much more out there yeah. of of quality and that that betters your life and, and other people's lives. So so that's awesome. Happy for you. Yeah.
2: Thank you, man. I appreciate
1: it. Yeah,
0: and you're helping us
1: right now.
2: Yeah, well, I didn't look at it. We're helping each other, you know what I mean?
1: Uh,
0: Again, no one's listening for us. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Look, somebody's always listening. They may not subscribe but somebody's listening it's
0: the government they're always listening
2: (laughs) yeah yeah, this has been brought to you by the government (laughs)
0: yeah
3: if we say if we talk about
0: this conversation loud enough my instagram feed will uh, appear some sort of advertisement uh whatever we talked about today. trust definitely trust definitely Uh, trust philadelphia
2: do you have trust issues yeah oh
1: you know we're all gonna get trust ads on instagram yeah without a doubt that and uh, uh
0: great deals on food in philly All right. That was awesome. That was such a good interview. I mean, uh, you know, really, it was great talking to Monroe, and it was great talking and hearing exactly, you know, how it sort of went down and what how he felt after, uh, you know, being that last guy to do comedy on stage before Corona or, you know, right, as, right at the beginning of it. And uh, if you do want to follow him, you can in person and on Instagram at Monroe Martin with three
1: eyes at the end of his name. That's Monroe Martin. Three eyes. Three eyes. You can also go to his website, monroemartincomedy.com, and he also has two podcasts. Not one, but two folks. The first podcast is called Six Foot Nothing Podcast. That's the number six. And then Foot Nothing Podcast. And the other one is called No Need for Apologies, The Podcast. So uh, do all that. Listen to it. Read the stuff on his website. And, uh, and enjoy his marvelous comedy.
0: Oh, yes. Please do. And... If you want to listen to us, don't forget to uh, subscribe, uh, follow us, um, wherever you're listening to this podcast, and share it, and uh, give us a like, a review, um, because remember, if you don't rate us, you
1: have to date us. You definitely have to date us. And just a little FYI action, we both leave our laptops open with our cameras on, and it's very easy to hack, so if you wanted to spend more time with us, Hack away and take a look at our very attractive bodies.
2: Thank you for listening to Believe.
0: You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform.